You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. The opinions expressed by guests interviewed in our podcast episodes do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Joey Cagle, Joey's Totally Tech, or anyone associated with the Joey's Totally Tech podcast. Today, we speak with Anthony Jackson, the owner of O'Fallon Computers in O'Fallon, Missouri, about Windows PC security. How should you keep your computer safe? You'll find out on this episode of Joey's Totally Tech. Today we're talking with the owner of O'Fallon Computers in O'Fallon, Missouri. He's also the host of the Techie Tony Marketing Podcast. He's Anthony Jackson. And today we're talking about Windows PC security. And next week we'll have our first episode with our new co-host. I'm not telling you who it is at this time, but he has been a guest on this podcast previously, so watch out for that. And hopefully we'll have a bit more back and forth tech discussion on future episodes of the podcast. And now, on with the interview with Anthony Jackson. This is Joey Cagle with Joey's Totally Tech, and I am here with Anthony Jackson of O'Fallon Computers in O'Fallon, Missouri. Is that correct? That is correct, Joey. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. All right. So first of all, just tell us a little bit about O'Fallon Computers for our listeners who don't know about the company. Yeah, so O'Fallon Computers was born about six years ago. Uh, We primarily serve the St. Charles County, Missouri area. Uh, We do computer repair, we do custom-built computers, virus removal, upgrades, all that fun stuff. Uh, We currently do not offer Macs. However, if you do need Apple repair, we do have someone we can uh, recommend to you. Okay, sounds good. So I'm not in the Missouri area. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. But that's good to know, especially for any listeners we may have in Missouri. First of all, uh, what are the biggest preventable issues you see going on with people who are having issues with their PC as far as security goes without getting into specifics, as I do want to respect the privacy of your customers, of course. Why do they have the issues that they have typically? Well, I think a lot of people just, you know, it comes down to safe browsing habits safe browsing it. I mean, that's just it. Um, people think that they have, just because they have antivirus protection, they're covered. Uh, it's always good to have something that's paid first free. Um, right. A lot of times when you have something that's free, it, it's free for a reason. Um, but having something paid is definitely my recommendation in that regard. 
I think it just comes down to lack of knowledge of safe browsing and things like that. Um, that's pretty much it. It just comes down to knowing what to look for, having the correct programs installed on your computer to stay protected. Right, right. Yeah, so I'm a Linux user myself, so we won't be talking about the Linux side of things so much. I'm mainly focusing on Windows because that's what the majority of people are going to be using. Windows, of course, comes with Microsoft Defender, which from what I've seen and what I've used, it's improved greatly over the years. Initially, not being so good, but there are still those, and you did mention paid is better than free. Uh, there are those who don't trust Defender. Um, what antivirus recommendations do you have uh, for the listeners who run Windows 10? If I had to pick one, I would pick Norton out of the gate. Um, I wouldn't pick Norton 360. Uh, the word 360 means round the clock attention, and that can bog down resources on your computer. Um, for the most part, you're buying the name, whether it's Norton, Avast, ABD, Kaspersky, whatever the brand name is. Mm -hmm. I like Martin. It's simple. It's easy. It's affordable. And I think the biggest takeaway is to make sure that you do scan regularly. The biggest misconception is just because I have it doesn't mean I can't get infected. And that's not true. You right. And you will. <laughs> yeah, I agree there. And um, I've tried to tell people that myself. I have told people uh, I have told people so many times that yeah, if you're just smart about your browsing habits, you won't get infected. I, I've been smart about my browsing habits when I was on my mother's PC years ago. Somehow, it would get viruses right through Facebook somewhere, some way. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not going to a shady site. Well, I guess there's questions about Facebook anyway with the data and everything that they get from you, right? Right. But, um, anyway, um, so... I've used Bitdefender myself in the past uh, as well. What do you think about that? To be honest with you, Joey, I've never used it. Okay. Um, was just... I don't really, I mean, for me, I don't really, I'm kind of a hypocrite in a sense. I don't really use antivirus because I, I know the, I know the internet fairly well and where to go and what I'm looking for when I'm browsing for things. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, as long as you've got something, whether it's Bitdefender, Norton, AVG, Kaspersky, just anything is better than nothing. That's right. Yeah, um, I agree there. <laughs> you just never know. You just never know. The internet's a big place. Right. Um, so when it comes to cleaning your computer, um, I've seen so many people recommending programs like CC Cleaner to clean the registry. But when I've tried it in the past, and it was a long time ago, um, from my experience, performance increase was not, I mean, it was quite minimal. And I've actually broken a Windows installation or two with it. On Windows 10, I've really had no registry issues to speak of when I've used Windows 10. So should people be using something like CC Cleaner? I don't feel like you should be using Cookie Cleaner. Um, I don't feel like you should be using registry cleaners. A lot of times when you clean cookies, you delete your passwords. Right. Um, if I had a dollar for every time somebody forgot a password, man, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> so, cleaning your cookies, in my opinion, is not recommended. We do it personally when we do computers because when you scan for viruses and you know stuff yeah. like that, we clean the cookies first to save yeah. the file. Yeah, so, well, this was more with the Windows registry that I was speaking of. Oh, okay. As far as the registry goes, I don't think you should touch it at all. It's a dangerous place. Right. Even um, with even if, with a program like CCleaner or something like that. 
No, because CCleaner doesn't give any recommendations. They, they just say, do you want to make a backup? And you're like, okay. And you yeah. don't know where it's at. Mm -hmm. um, your registry is the brain of your computer. It's kind of like a car. If you move one thing or take it out of place, you're going to be calling someone very soon because it won't boot up or doing whatever. Right. So you're of the same opinion that I am about CCleaner then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, of course, uh, we know keeping Windows up to date is very important, or we should know that. But also, there have been updates, particularly with Windows 10, which have broken the system. So backups are important. Are there any particularly easy-to-use backup tools that you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, easy backup tools. I would say anything cloud-based. Um anything cloud-based you know flash drives hard drives they're just pieces of hardware they can and will fail right um as far as programs go i i recommend google drive it's free well it's not free it's like 15 gig for mm -hmm. up to whatever amount of space you get or whatever um google drive OneNote, anything of that nature um if you're going to use a flash drive and you're kind of weary about the whole cloud-based system i would encourage you to use a flash drive but make multiple backups of that flash mm -hmm. drive yeah, because I suppose. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> disaster can strike at any time, and it's terrible when it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that actually answers my next question was, do you recommend backups to hard drive, thumb drive, cloud, or a mix of those options? But I know from my experience and um, from what I've been taught, um, I was always taught to have multiple backups, um, maybe some on hard drive, some on the cloud, some on a flash drive somewhere. Yeah, as long as you're making a backup of some sort, I think that's the important takeaway. Right, right. So uh, let's see what's next. Um, using BitLocker and Windows 10, you can encrypt your local files. What other ways would you recommend to protect your files to beyond BitLocker and regular backups? Uh, not something I know a lot about, to be honest with you. I would just give copies of your data to trusted friends and family. All right, that makes sense. Uh, let's move up a level from the operating system to the web browser. And you did mention that it's mainly browsing habits that we have uh, issues with, with uh, people bringing in their computers for virus cleaning and things like that. Phishing scams, uh, they have been an issue for quite some time. What do you find is the best way to protect against phishing scams? You know, that's a it's an uncomfortable conversation, man, for a lot of people because we all get taken advantage of that at some point in time. Mm -hmm. It really comes down to just safe browsing habits. Um, the biggest tip I can tell you is, you know, if you're checking your email, if it looks fishy, it probably is. Right. Uh, the the you know if uh, if you click on it, it lets people know that you have an active account. Um, if you didn't sign up for it, don't look at it. <laughs> That's my best recommendation on phishing, man, because it's inevitable. You're going to get infected and someone's going to try and do something. Right, yeah. And um, I think I'd add to that, if you know what you're looking for, if the URL doesn't match with a service, definitely don't do it, you know. Uh, actually go to the service, let's say PayPal, go directly to paypal.com and yes. ask about that. Don't, don't click on any of the links of those emails. <laughs> Yeah, and don't ever Google like Microsoft support because you will end up with a headache. Oh yeah, I, I've been on several websites where it's like, it just pops up with an alert, uh, 
telling me to call this number because my computer's been affected with the virus. And uh, I didn't have this as a question on here, but tell us uh, what might happen if you call that number. Well, it, uh, <laughs> it's a really simple process, actually. Uh, a clear sign of a scam is somebody who does not speak English. Um, do not trust anybody. If they ask for any credit card information, don't do it. Uh, a clear giveaway is, you know, if they ask for access to your computer, that's usually a, a terrible sign that something bad is about to happen. Um, if you do give them information, credit card information, uh, the best thing you can do is call your bank and get everything reset or do what you feel is necessary and contact your local repair technician and explain to them the situation. Um, those are never good situations to be in, and unfortunately, people get taken advantage of them all the time. Right. I have a couple of user questions, or not user questions, listener questions, uh, both from the same person, actually. Her name's Laura. She's a regular listener of the podcast. Um, so Laura asked, how often should I change my passwords? That's a really good question, Laura. <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, I would say every 90 days is something good. And a really good recommendation like for an example, like Zoom, for example, like, you know, make your password Zoom 01. And then when you change your password, make it Zoom 02. Um, Zoom 03, Zoom 04, Zoom 05 moving forward. That way you don't, um, you know, have weird password conflicts and try to make all your passwords the same thing. That's a okay. good way to remember stuff. But I say every 90 days or so, but if you're one of those people that's never had an issue with a computer as far as the virus goes or something like that, I would not uh, worry about it too much. But if you've got regular maintenance going on and regular problems, then you should probably change your passwords more often. Gotcha. And um, before I move on to the her next question, I'd like to ask, I don't didn't have this in my typed out questions. What do you think about uh, password management solutions like LastPass that remember all your passwords for you? Yeah, so I use LastPass. I really like it. I couldn't live without it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as an IT person and computer person, I've got accounts for everything. Everything requires a username and password. Um, I think they're fantastic. One, yeah. one, uh, one password for everything. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. Yeah, I use LastPass myself as well. And a client, a former client of mine, I do web development outside of this podcast as well as working in retail. But I do web development, and one of my web development clients was concerned that what happens if LastPass itself gets hacked, then they've got access to all your passwords. <laughs> well, I don't think that's ever gonna happen to LastPass. LastPass is owned by a company called LogMeIn, and LogMeIn takes security, and they've got an, a huge amount of what's called redundance in place. That way, if something does happen, you're covered, because they know that's a liability. Right. Yeah, that's, that's reassuring to know for sure. Um, and then Laura also asked, what's the best way to protect yourself when you shop online? The easiest and best way to protect yourself is make sure that the site has what's called an SSL. 
and you can tell that by if it has a lock on the URL. So if it's like www.zoom.us, take a look at the lock. And if you click on it, it'll say certificate and then there's a, a sentence that says valid. That is how you know you're safe. You don't ever want to put your credit card information or any type of email, personal information that does not have what's called an SSL. Right, right. Exactly. That's something that um, I've made sure for a long time, make sure it has the SSL certificate, make sure it's got the lock. Uh, a lot of people are using VPNs. What are your opinions on VPNs? Do they keep people safe at all? Or is it just kind of a feel good type thing? I think VPNs are kind of thing of the past, man. I think the important thing to take away is when you're at like a Starbucks or a Redco or something, just make sure that the the, the Wi-Fi is protected. Um, I don't really like VPNs. I think it's just an additional expense. Most people have a job in nine to five, so finding them at a cafe is going to be few and far between, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But if you buy a VPN, I would get clear on what a VPN is, what it does. Right. You're, um, you know, the person you bought it from and make sure you understand fully what the consequences are and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It was it NordVPN that was hacked about a year ago, I believe now? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that revealed a lot of issues with VPNs in general. I mean, I think, you know, if you're using like Netflix and want to see some uh, show that's in another region, a VPN might work for that, but of course there might be some EULA issues with that as well. I'm not sure I haven't completely read the Netflix EULA. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a preference, you know. I, I don't recommend it personally, but it's totally up to the user. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's really all the questions that I had today. Is there anything that you wanted to add as far as any tips or tricks or uh, anything with Windows security? I would just encourage each and every one of you to make a backup. I'll just share a quick story with you. Um, we had a customer who his son had cancer and he was born and he died at 18 and he had a bunch of pictures on his hard drive and his hard drive had mechanically failed. There was no getting it back. So we, we sent him over to a company called um, Drive Savers, which is a company that specializes in advanced data recovery. And uh, they were able to get it, and the guy paid like $5,000 to get it all back. It was like 50 gig or some crap. It was huge. And uh, always, man, always back up your data. Keep this in mind that memories cannot be replaced, but computers can. Right, yes. And that, that brings me to another question that I'm just thinking of. I know um, just over time working with computers i've been told uh solid state drives have a limited limited number of uh rights to it once it's written so many times you can't really do much with it anymore um but we've got mechanical hard drives i know solid state drives have improved so much what do you see more of a failure rate with hard drives or solid state drives oh hard drives 100 percent traditional pad of platter drives if you have not upgraded to a solid state drive, it can literally bring your computer back to life. Yeah. They make such a difference, especially in Linux machines. Oh yeah. And um, I know, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you haven't made that jump, um, then you should. And if you're building a computer, like for gaming or whatever you wanna do, like a custom built computer, which we make by the way, um, there's even a faster drive above the SSD called an M2. And it right. is, 
I can't even believe how fast those things are. The last computer we built was an M2. It was 64 gig of memory. It was an i7 3.9. It was mm -hmm. crazy high, and it—I mean—it installed Windows in I don't know, like two minutes. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah, I know. For me, one of the best upgrades I've made on an older computer was moving from a traditional hard drive to a solid-state drive. Now, yes, they do cost more for the amount of space that you get, but the cost has been coming down over the years, and it's like. I didn't make any processor upgrades or RAM upgrades. I just put everything on a solid state drive and it boots up much faster. And of course, even faster if you're using like M.2 and VME, things like that. My recommendation is, is if you have not upgraded to Windows 10 yet and you're looking to make that jump, make sure you put an SSD in it. It'll make all the difference in the world. And on that note, just keep in mind that just because your computer is eligible for Windows 10 does not mean your computer should have Windows 10. Right, right. Yeah, I've seen some people running Windows 10 on their computer that probably should not be, <laughs> really. Right. Mm -hmm. um, minimum of, I'm going to say 6 gig. 8's probably recommended, but a minimum of 6 at least before you consider even upgrading to Windows 10. And if anybody has not made that jump, we do offer consultation services over the phone and Zoom. If you're thinking about purchasing a new computer, building one, or just have general questions. Right. And that's just bringing up another question that I have now. Um, with Windows 10, when it was released years ago, there was a lot of concern about the telemetry data, what's being sent to Microsoft or who knows who else. I'm a Linux user now, mostly. I mean, I've been a Linux user for years, but I was using Windows 10 for a while and I thought it was great, but I did have the telemetry data concerns and where that data might be going to. Uh, what are your thoughts on that and what can people do to protect themselves if they do have concerns about it? Guys, I don't think you really have a choice. Microsoft's a big company and they want to collect as much data as humanly possible. Right, yeah, that's kind it of is, how I feel about it. It is just that simple. They're, they're like, you can turn off privacy settings, but at the end of the run, guys, they're gonna find you. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is. I don't, I don't mean to be transparent, but um, you can assure that a company like Microsoft is going to be very big on security. But these days when you're running ads on Facebook and things, you're not paying for that, you're paying for data. And that's what it's all about is information. Right. I mean, think of how many people have a Microsoft account for Word and Excel. Think of how many people have a subscription credit card numbers. They want information, they want data. Yeah, that's the big game these days, that information, the data for sure. I mean, look at how big Facebook has gotten, how big Google has gotten just from the data they collect on you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there much that you can do to protect data? Should people switch from Windows to Linux? Because, I mean, I use Facebook on Linux too. Would I be able to do anything at all? No, I think I'll just be transparent with you guys. Like, it's inevitable. You're going to get infected. Something's going to happen eventually. You're never safe. That's why we're here to help and do what we got to do. As long as you're backing up your data and you're not giving your credit card numbers to random people, you'll be in good hands. Yes, exactly. Well, it's been good having you today, Anthony. I enjoyed talking with you. I know this interview wasn't super long or anything, but I think we got some great answers and um, I think it's been great having you. Yeah, Joey, I really appreciate you taking the time to reach out and have me on, man. I'm excited. To, it's my first podcast ever that I've done an interview with. So <laughs> 
Yeah, you're one of my first three podcast guests I've had. So it's awesome. Been, yeah, so that's a pretty new experience for me, too. Yeah, thank you for being here. All right, Joey, take care. Goodbye, everybody. Right. Bye. <laughs> And that's it for this interview and this episode of Joey's Totally Tech. I will catch you next time.